We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, Chiefs Kingdom? It is another episode of the Mock Draft Roundup here on KC Sports Network. And this show is going to be presented by the Kingdom Bar and Grill because that is where we want all of you out there, all of Chiefs Kingdom, to join all of us at KC Sports Network at the Kingdom Bar during the NFL Draft. Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, if the NFL Draft is on, we will be streaming live from the Kingdom Bar. We've got show. We're going to have food specials. We're going to have drink specials with our friends from 360 Vodka. It is going to be an absolute party and I cannot wait for that and I cannot wait for this episode because we have got some more mock drafts some new names we have not yet talked about and that's why we bring on Maddie Lane the expert who's been sitting in a dungeon somewhere cranking out the NFL or the KCSN draft guide and it's absolutely phenomenal work if you have not found that link go in the description of this show and you will be able to find a link and buy that draft guide just costs just a couple of bucks and you'll be able to get some really, really good content. But before we get everything started, Maddie, how goes it tonight, today, my friend? Oh, well, last week we actually finished. I was the last person to finish the very last part of the draft guide, and we started to put it all together. And so I came out of my dungeon, and I saw sunlight for the first time in the past <laughs> four months, and it, 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 was, it was beautiful. So I'm, I'm enjoying the weather now that I've gotten that done. And uh, now we just get this awkward month of April until the draft starts where, like, nothing happens. Somebody asked me the other day, like, hey, are you ready for the draft? Like, you know, you've been doing this for a while. It's like, I've been doing so much behind the scenes. I'm not really into it like other people. But Maddie's been ready for the draft since like December. <laughs> like he's, his yeah. takes have been set and he's got to pump, pump out that content. But again, another plug, KCSN Draft Guide. If you've not got it, go ahead and get that. You're going to get some food specials um, for the Kingdom Bar in that draft guide special. We haven't talked about that yet, but there's some uh, added value coming for anyone who buys that draft guide as well. Come and hang out with us at the Kingdom Bar. It's going to be a lot of fun. Tucker, you're going to be there for the draft party. How, how much are you looking forward to the draft and this mock draft roundup show? The draft is very exciting for me. The draft is always a really tricky time, especially April. April 29th is Tara's birthday. Um, last year, that was day one of the draft. This is day two of the draft. So there's a three-year period where I've got to try to uh, make amends during the draft. And uh, we're, we're in year two of three. Luckily, next year, the draft's going to be in Kansas City. So maybe I can entice Tara with a nice trip to Union Station for the draft. Who knows? We'll see. Uh, but no, I'm excited for the draft. I'm excited for everything and, and all the content we've been doing leading up to it. 
lots of great stuff on the KCSN YouTube page as well. Um, if you're watching this video, you can uh, you probably have already seen what we've been doing on the YouTube page from features to breakdown analysis with Kent Swanson and, and Jake Stack out at Holiday Distillery. Those videos are, are they were really fun to shoot all in one day, and we kind of sat down and got to talk prospects and got to drink drinks at doing it at the same time. That was really fun, and it, it, we're going to basically do the same thing all over again at the Kingdom Bar and Grill on, on April 28th, uh, so it's, it's an exciting thing. Yeah. Again, a lot of cool stuff. I think the Friday of the draft, we talked about this way back when, but the Friday of the draft is actually going to be like the 360th day yeah. of KC Sports Network because we launched this on May 4th. So it's a really, really good chance that there's a really, really good special on 360 <laughs> drinks that Friday of the NFL draft. Again, we will be out at the Kingdom Bar. We'll have more information for you on that as we get closer. But guys, I've got five mock drafts. Now that the Chiefs have two first round picks, it's going to be even more to talk about and more strategery behind what the chiefs could do, whether they move up, whether they stay put, whether they trade back for whatever reason, uh, there's a lot of different things that they can do, uh, but got five mock drafts. First one, Cynthia Freeland from NFL network. We've got sports illustrated uh, ESPN, uh, former NFL GM, Mike Tannenbaum put out a mock draft CBS sports. And then another one from NFL network, Bucky Brooks. Uh, some of these you guys have already have thoughts and takes on, and I cannot wait to get into some of this stuff. But the first one we're going to start with uh, is Cynthia Freeland from NFL Network. Um, she has the Chiefs at number 29 overall, taking versatile Michigan defensive back Dax Hill. Now, we'll start with Dax, and then we'll go to the pick at number 30. But he is not a name that that's surprising at this point if you've been following mock drafts. He's been linked to the Chiefs because of that versatility reminding in some ways, not comparing, but somewhat reminding the way that he was used in some ways at Michigan of a maybe departed Chiefs defensive back. Matty, I'll let you get into the analysis side of it, but how would you feel about that pick at 29? It, Dax Hills is an interesting, like watching how people have treated him and the Chiefs specifically, because before free agency started, he was one of the more popular picks to go to the Chiefs. Then the Chiefs came out right as free agency started and went and signed Justin Reed. And you kind of saw all these safeties going to the Chiefs that talk quieted down a little bit. But now, as you're going to see, as we go through a couple of these, that Dax Hill talk starting to creep back up again. And where it still makes sense, despite bringing in Reed, is as BJ said, he's a versatile defender. Like he's not just a safety. You're not going to play him as a single high guy or in the box. He's a little bit smaller, but he's a great nickel corner, like a slot cornerback. That's where Michigan mostly used him. So if the Chiefs are sitting there looking at their roster, looking at the talent in the draft, and they want to consider moving Legarius Sneed outside to play like more full time as outside corner, Dax Hill might be your best slot cornerback in this entire draft. And then he also can play safety. He also can do that too. So it's just, it's a completely versatile utility knife of a player that I think might be the best value that you're going to get at the end of round one when you consider kind of the position that he's going to play. Yeah, I, I, I really like yeah. I like Dax Hill and his versatility. That's that's the big thing. And we talk about defensive backs. Spagnuolo loves defensive backs with versatility. We talked about that, you know, with Rashad Fenton. We've talked about it with Legereus Sneed. Uh, those are two of the things that they really brought up during the press conferences after those selections, why they like those guys. And and with Dax Hill, you start to think about that safety room. Yeah, they brought in uh, a Bush from, from Chicago, and but they also lost, you know, uh, Dan Sorensen. You're looking at now your safeties being uh, Justin Reed, who was signed. Uh, Bush and also um, Armani Watts. So you really, the Chiefs do like to play a three safety system. They're going to need another safety in there. Um, that's just just with the numbers and, and to get that safety room kind of built up a little bit more. So I don't necessarily think it's a bad idea. I think investing in defensive backs 
early is a good idea. We haven't necessarily seen that idea happen very often with the Chiefs front office, but um, it would be a pick that would excite me. I think Dex Hill is one of those players that is fun to watch, is a guy who has a nose for the football and, and flies around, and it, it's a pick that will make you will make you excited as a Chiefs fan, I think. I think the thing that I like about guys that are versatile, and I think that every defensive back in the draft, you can tell like they're coached up. They talk about their versatility. They can do this and do that. But what it does for Steve Spagnuolo, like you have deception, you know, you have guys that can line up anywhere. You can move them around and you, you're not necessarily pigeonholed into, you know, teams knowing what you're going to do based on a individual skill set that might not have the ability to move around all that kind of stuff. So we saw it with Tyron Matthew where they could move him around, do different things. Now he had the freedom to do that and kind of freelance within that defense. Cause he had earned that uh, just because Dax Hill has the ability to move around to different spots. doesn't mean that mentally he's going to be given that kind of freedom. If the chiefs were to take him at least as a rookie, but guys that move around that can play different spots and are used to seeing the game from different angles and different different um you know leverages of the field or different areas of the field is important that they can just understand the game uh and so that's what reason that uh i'm warming up to a pick like that and the other one uh for cynthia freeland next pick number 30 um kyrie elam quarterback from florida maddie how do you feel about this pick so in terms of looking at what the Chiefs do schematically, they're, like, they're one of the teams that play the most press coverage in the entire NFL. So Steve Spagnuolo likes his guys up on the line of scrimmage. Whether you're playing man coverage, you're dropping out in the zone, whatever it may be, they are one of the heaviest press teams in the NFL. That's Kyrie Elam's music. You know, That's what he walks out to. That's where he's the most comfortable is lined up on the line of scrimmage, trying to get his hands on guys. And their question about him was kind of his long speed or his athletic profile, because he's a bigger corner listed at six foot two, 190 pounds. So you kind of get concerned about the athleticism. He crushed the combine. So you put kind of some of those worries behind you. And now you just have a big, long physical corner that can turn and run, that has production in the SEC. This is a guy that belongs in the first round. And if you're looking for that, these teams like the Chiefs that like press man coverage, he's got to be high up there on their board when you compare him to other maybe smaller cornerbacks that haven't gotten to work out so far during the process. Yeah, I, I like him a lot just because of on tape watching him work is is very fun to watch. He's a, he's a fun to watch player like Dax Hill, very much so a, a very fun player and a guy that I think would fit in really good in Kansas City. Now, again, it comes to the point of, you know, Brett Beach hasn't invested early in these cornerbacks. Would I like him to invest early with Kair Elam? Yeah, I would because he's a pretty fun football player and he's he'll, I think he'll fit right in and kind of uh, play well on that outside there and, and, and mesh well with this with the secondary. And you start to look at this roster that they have right now. They need some help in the secondary with it, with it, whether it being safety or cornerback, they need they need bodies in there. And I think this is a good way to do it to get some good guys uh, to really solidify this defense. I'm here to break tendencies and to create content. So if he can, after not <laughs> investing a ton of resources in defensive backs, can use two first round picks on defensive like back, it. completely flips the entire thing on its head. Um, I don't know who's getting after the passer in that regard. Hopefully that maybe that's figured out between now and the draft. Uh, with whoever's available, Maddie's been talking about that a lot, and I don't want to get him started there. But let's move on to the Sports Illustrated pick and another couple of guys um, whose names are very familiar to Chiefs fans. Um, Sports Illustrated at number 29 actually has the Chiefs moving up to, to throw mock draft trade-ups in there. They have the Chiefs using the 29th pick and the number 62 pick to move up to 21 for the Patriots to select Alabama's Jamison Williams. And that is a name that I feel like most Chiefs fans right now would be most excited. If you had to poll Chiefs fans, I would say he would probably be the highest percentage 
of fans getting excited about him coming in. Maddie, would you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. And I think if you start looking at that trade, you know, you're trading up 29 and your later second round pick to get to 21. That's probably a pretty palatable trade for most fans, especially when you're going to get the most dynamic, the most electric wide receiver in the draft class. You're getting, he's not going to be, but you're getting the closest thing to Tyree Kill in terms of his impact on the field. So it's a very easy one-to-one kind of comparison to make. You're getting a guy that comes out of Ohio State because he's not getting a lot of playing time goes to Alabama, and not only does he just take the reins and run with it, I mean, he might be the best wide receiver in all of college football, good route runner. He's got decent size. He's thin, but it's not like he's a short, stubby, small wide receiver, and he can clearly take the top off because he moves out of different gear. Like, this is a great pick. I'd be a little surprised if he was there at 21, though. It looks like his ACL rehab's going well. He's already running again. I think if you've seen anything, the NFL's going to overdraft speed, and you might not have a 40 time. But the GPS timing on Jamison Williams is, is no joke. So, like, I would be a little surprised if he's there, but I think it'd be a great pick if he was. I was interested in, in that what pick 21 was and who would it be from, who would they be trading with. It was the New England Patriots. Um, I don't necessarily think that the New England Patriots, what they would want to fall back for. I'm not going to act like I know what the Patriots draft <laughs> needs are. Um, if they would want to fall back, it does take two to tango in that regard. If they are going to move, I, I would anticipate it would be a team that is looking for a quarterback. Say Kenny Pickett still on the board and, and, and around the 20s and the team. Uh, if they do want to move up even higher, they could kind of fall around there. Um, that that's kind of uh, what I what I'm looking at there. I think New England would be an interesting trade partner, as Maddie mentioned. 21 for Jamison Williams is an absolute steal. I think uh, there's videos of him doing like the A skips and and running around already, and that's incredible with advancements of technology. Like George Pickens tore his ACL early in like spring ball, came back and played in the national championship. Like that's insane that these guys are able to like rehab like that. I wish that they could do like the NBA does where you just have like the promise, like where the Chiefs can just go and be like, we're going to take you at 29. Like stop promoting that you you're healthy and that you're looking great. Like we're going to take you just, just leave it alone. The NBA does it. It's like, we're going to draft you. Stop doing all the stuff. You're fine. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, he's like, a. I think uh, when we were doing the, uh, the, the live question and answer show with, with Jeff Allen uh, on, on Thursday, Jeff Allen called him almost a once in a generation player. And, and I think he, I think he really is, is onto something with the speed and just his ability and it, it, watching him as a, as a wide receiver is incredibly fun. I've used that word a lot, but I, I've, I really enjoy watching these guys play football. And, and Jamison Williams is one of those dudes like Alabama would have had him in the national championship. Do I necessarily think the game would have been close? Probably not, because uh, he's just that big of a difference maker. Well, and here's the key. You get Dave Tobe on board by showing him the clip of Jameis yep. Williams getting ejected from a game for hitting somebody <laughs> too hard on, as a gunner in the punt coverage unit. Like, there you go. You get everybody on board. <laughs> that sold. Sold right there. All right. And at number 30, Michigan's Dax Hill becomes Sports Illustrated pick for the Chiefs at number 30. So you basically use picks 29, 30, and 62 and you walk away with Jamison Williams and Dax Hill according to Sports Illustrated. Let's move on to the next one because there are going to be some familiar names as we continue to go on but this next one is from ESPN and former NFL general manager Mike Tannebaum and he has the chief at number 29 also going with Jamison Williams but he doesn't have it as a trade-up so I'm going to say like I love this one because he's got him available right there. I'd be curious the rest of the guys who are drafted um you know, there, we joke about the fact that you know, there's 60 players that are projected first round picks. Uh, so somebody's going to fall. But I, Maddie, I agree with you. If it's going to be somebody, it's not going to be Jamison Williams, the way that he, everybody's talking about him and that the way that injuries and rehab and all that stuff's going. And you just mentioned like, you know, putting out on social media like that he's doing pretty well now. Um, don't see him being there, but 
just for the sake of argument, this is a best case scenario, is it not? Oh, absolutely. We'll we'll cross our fingers for that one because if you don't have to trade <laughs> up to get Jamison Williams, I mean, yeah, that's a that's a home run of a first round, and it it's an ACL injury. I don't want to minimalize it, but ACLs are they're becoming I don't want to say like second nature at this point in time in sports, but it's it's becoming a pretty quick you know rebound from tearing your ACL anymore. And a lot of guys the the analytics are coming back. You can get back to your peak explosive level, like you can pretty much return to a hundred percent relatively consistently as long as there's not complications so i don't think it's an injury that should impact him that awful much kind of as he goes through the process when when i see mock drafts like this i always think well what happened before 29 (laughs) uh like what what had to go what had to go on who did the raiders reach for in this draft to make jameson williams fall to 29 and that's there's always going to be that one pick that's very questionable um, and I think that, not to knock on Alex Leatherwood, I was a very big fan of Alex Leatherwood, but just picking him where he, where he was picked was very questionable. And there, that's going to happen in this draft. It's it's so um, it's it's a given almost that someone's gonna come from a who was a projected second rounder who's gonna get picked 15 overall. Uh, there's mm-hmm. gonna be guys that fall further than you think, and that'll really affect who the Chiefs can pick at 29, and it could change a lot of other teams' boards. So maybe Jamison Williams. Williams does slide with a lot of other guys sliding down too. And I, it, it, it's one of those things where it's, it's a possibility. Is it a big one? Probably not, but it still is there. My question is if Jamison Williams is falling, how patient does Brett Veach stay? Like what are the chances <laughs> right. the chiefs pick him at 29? If he's available at 25, like they're going up to get him. Like I would be surprised if he's a guy that starts falling, I'm going to get really excited around pick 20. If he's still there, like, hey, we're we're gonna be we're, we should be making calls or like, go to like the camera room and see what if Brett's on the phone uh, with somebody to figure out what they're doing. But um, all right, that's what uh, they have for twenty nine, and at number thirty, it's Penn State's Arnold Ep- Epic Epic Get Arnold. Hey Arnold, Epic 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 yeah, Arnold Epichetti, transfer from Temple, one year at uh, Penn State. <laughs> he, um, so he's an interesting guy. I, first Arnold. of all, I like this mock draft because we finally got the Chiefs addressing their pass rush. You know that we got yeah. three of we got to the third one before they start to address the pass rush, which is clearly one of their areas that they're struggling with right now. So I love the fact that they are finally going for it. The fit's a little interesting to me though because he's. He actually checks in a little bit outside of what Steve Spagnuolo usually prefers at multiple different things. He's pretty light. He came into the combine, I believe it was at like 255 pounds. But then by the time he got to his pro day, he was even lighter. He dropped down below 250. And you kind of just have to wonder, is that closer to his playing weight? Is that where he feels like he needs to be? And then you add on the fact that he's a little bit shorter. So he may not be a prototypical guy for Steve Spagnuolo, but he's a lot of fun to watch despite the size He's got good speed up the arc, long arms. He can bend. Like he's a very technical pass rusher that dominated in the Big Ten for his one year there. So it's like there's a lot to like with them. It's just you have to get past the size profile and the Kansas City Chiefs kind of lack of desire to take those guys. And you mentioned Maddie before we started the podcast. He did test well, and that does increase these guys' stock a whole lot. Again, this could be something where it makes guys fall with it, with him testing so well. Other teams, he could be a good fit for for a team ahead of the Chiefs. Could make him fall uh, where we get like Jameson Williams at twenty nine or something like that. Um, but but I think that that is really interesting. Uh, this is the first mock draft we've had to address that edge rusher, and we we have a lot of lots of conversations on KCSN about edge rushers and you know uh, where you need to 
can take him? What force players? If is this guy going to be any good? And if how how great pass rushers come from the first round early in the first round? If you need to trade up for him, this is this is a really interesting spot for the Chiefs here. If they do have a pass rusher that falls down, that fit that ticks all those Spagnuolo boxes. Do they trade up? Do they trade up for a, uh, for an edge rusher rather than a wide receiver and a Jamison Williams? I think that that's kind of going to be the big conversation as we get closer to the draft of of keeping an eye on all these edge rushers. And and I know we're going to talk about another guy that I, I'm a big fan of. And Maddie and I have been swapping mock drafts on the simulators about uh, edge rushers we can, we can select and stuff like that. But uh, this is an interesting pick for sure just because it doesn't really uh, fit that Spagnolo mode, that Spags type, I believe is what Maddie's called pointed as and, and and I think that uh that's that's one thing that I don't think they really stray away from other than Mike Dana which was a what was he a six round pick um and I don't think they'd stray away from it in the first round we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast ditch the busy work use indeed for scheduling screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use indeed the better it gets Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I will say as far as edge rusher, I think it all, you know, we sit out here a month and there's still a lot of time. I'd be really surprised if there wasn't some sort of veteran, not saying it's to be some big name that everyone's going to say he's the answer to our pass rushing issues of being 31st in the NFL last year. But I'd still be surprised that they didn't bring in some veteran with experience to play that position because they have never gone into a draft with air quote holes the way that we see them now, both at cornerback and at defensive end every year. And we saw it with the offensive line. Last year, some of the moves were made later into free agency where we praise it now, like, hey, they fixed it all. It took a little bit of time and there's still opportunities, whether it's trade, signing some veterans who are still out there, whatever it is. I'd still be surprised by the time we get to the draft if there's not within the depth chart, another veteran name that at least has some experience that will be on the roster, whether he's counted on, whether he has a roster spot guaranteed, whatever it is. I don't think they're going to be pigeonholed as much as we sit here on April 1st feeling like they are, but you guys have been making this point all offseason, and it's the one that I think about regards to Ed Rusher and this window the Chiefs have right in the center of Patrick Mahomes' prime, that if you, from a cap standpoint, have a rookie edge, a rookie 
starting edge rusher on a rookie contract and you're able to spend money in other places, a high value position like a corner or an edge rusher, it sets you up so beautifully to get to be able to spend money in other places and use some of those other resources opposed to having to double down and perhaps trade high draft picks and give high money to try to get that impact. You're really putting a lot of pressure on yourselves to get that right. Uh, but we'll see how that plays out, whether it's Penn State's Arnold Epic Epiketi. I oh, tried it again. Sorry, everybody who's listening. Let's move on to CBS Sports. Uh, maybe I'll get these right. Uh, number 29, again. A lot of practice here. <laughs> yeah, number 29, Alabama's Jameson Williams. So not only does Mike Tannebaum think that Jameson Williams is going to be available without the Chiefs having to trade up, apparently CBS Sports thinks the same thing. We don't have to spend a lot of time talking about this again, but how much money let's put a wager out here on this right now, Maddie, how much money are you willing to wager that Jamison Williams is available at pick 29? I, I have not, I have never placed a sports bet in my life. I think if you are one that places sports bets, this is, this is free money. If you can find an, an over <laughs> under for Jamison Williams being available at 29. So I think back to what BJ said, if he passes, if he's even remotely close here in the early twenties, the chiefs or another team are going to trade up. I don't, I don't yeah. see how he gets by the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, it hasn't worked out with Jalen Rager for them being their deep threat. They need somebody to help stretch the field to allow Devonte Smith to work underneath. Like if he gets by the Eagles third pick, which happens to be 19, they think like 15, 16 and 19. If he gets by <laughs> there, I would be surprised, but there's no way he gets to 29. So like if you're into sports betting and that's a line somewhere like on CBS sports or wherever <laughs> these are, please take it. Yeah. I have nothing to add to that. Maddie nailed it. <laughs> I was going to wait and see. All right, let's move on because it's a new name. And I know this is a guy that you guys both like. Uh, in number 30, Minnesota Edge, uh, Boy Mafa. Uh, what do you like about this pick, Maddie? Um, I know it's a player you've been talking about. I'm, I'm going to let Tuck take this one because I think this is the guy Tucker likes. And I'll let Tucker build him up before, before I tear him down for everybody. Yeah, that's probably fair. Again, I don't I don't have like the technical terms or anything like that. This guy is just like when you watch him, he's just fun. Like it's a football player you see and you're like I want him to play on my on my team and and I think what's so good uh, about him, we talk about uh, Ojabo sometimes. Too. I know Maddie and I have had some conversations about David Ojabo suffered an Achilles injury is I think he can come into play right away. And I think that's kind of uh, what's really important here. We, you know, you, BJ, we just got done talking about that rookie edge rusher kind of on a rookie deal. I think that's what's what's big here. And that's what's what's fun to, to see with what he can do with, on that contract and and really let him grow. Frank Clark is still here. And I think that's going to be big to, with with a guy to have Frank Clark in the same room to help grow with. And and Chris Jones as well on the defensive line. I do think that uh, that he does help in that way. And, and he's he's – just just a good good fun football player to watch man he gets after it that's my favorite part about him so right, let's move oh, oh, go ahead maddie oh no i was just gonna say like i i think we talked about evaketti being a good tester uh boy mafe might have had the best draft process of any player so far he dominated in the senior bowl he came back and had ridiculous testing in the combine he's a super freak athlete you know you can find the flashes on tape my just only concern with him is kind of like the age and the developmental arc he might have to go through. Cause he's still, he's not technically refined right now. He's just raw athleticism. So you're going to get an older prospect. I think he's going to be 24 and then you still might go through a year or two of growing pains as you kind of refine that technique. Cause he's a little wild right now. His hands flail everywhere when he's rushing, 
the feet are inconsistent. It's not bad. Like if you take them at pick 30, I'm not saying I'd be upset, but there might be a learning curve. And when you take an older prospect with the learning curve, you kind of have to, I think, price that into where you're going to slot this guy come the NFL draft. So that would be my one concern with him. But I know a lot of Chiefs fans love him. And I mean, when you look at this depth chart right now, until they sign BJ's veteran pass rusher, I, I, you go fast rusher twice in the first round and you might as well. Yeah. yeah. I think it's probably my biggest surprise in looking at these 10 picks. And again, we are going through different mock drafts and the recent mock drafts that are out there right now at NFL Network, Sports Illustrated, ESPN, CBS Sports, these major platforms of the 10 players selected. Uh, and some of them are doubled up. Obviously, we've seen Dax Hill and Jameson Williams a couple of times, but yeah. only twice was an edge rusher picked. And I would say, as we sit here today, it is the number one need for a young player for the Chiefs to draft is an edge rusher. Um, when you look at the depth chart. So that part of it is interesting to me. And we don't know how much a lot of these people pay attention to what's going on in the different rosters and how much analysis is really going in when they throw names out there. But you got Ebigetti and Mafe. So let's move on. You guys were not impressed that I got it right that time, I think. Let's move on to the final mock draft. That's NFL Network's Bucky Brooks. I'm going to let the uh, comment section decide if you got him right. We left the comments. You know what? We could edit this out, but we're going to be real here at KC mm -hmm. Sports Network. I really struggle to say his name, and I hope to practice. If the Chiefs draft him, I will get it right. Ebiketti. So I think that was good. Thank you. you. Got it. Thank you, judges. Good. Let me know in the comments if that was close enough, and we'll appreciate you for listening to this far. So let's go because there's a new name here, and this is a name that I've heard a lot of people talk about. And there's not a ton of tape on him, and some of the the video you get of him is kind of like sideline, uh, kind of like a pro day. But the speed, the ability to create separation, all of that is very easy to see. I don't care if he's not in pads or not. You can see in a, a guy's ability to stop and turn. And if you drew like a line, it was literally a line. He's not rounding off these routes. It looks like something that Andy Reid and Patrick Holmes would absolutely love. And what I'm talking about for NFL Network's Bucky Brooks at number 29 for the Chiefs, he has Western Michigan's Sky Moore being selected. Maddie, what is your impression of Sky Moore and why should Chiefs fans like this idea? I love Sky Moore. Uh, I think he's super underrated. And so I'm glad to see that Bucky Brooks has him kind of slotting into the back half of the first round here. I think he's going to be a top 50 player and some fans might not be ready for it. So a little wide receiver. He's five foot 10, 190 pounds. So he's not thin by any means, but he's not tall. But he's a smaller wide receiver from a smaller school. It's going to be hard for everybody to have seen him and know about him. But once you do, it's a super impressive. He played quarterback up until college. Then he switches to wide receiver and he comes out here and he runs some of the best routes you're going to see in this class. It's a super RPO heavy offense he's coming from, but you just watch him run a slant and how many different ways he can get into the same route, a slant. It's still a three-step slant, but how many different ways he gets into it off the line of scrimmage versus press coverage, off coverage, somebody trying to get hands on him, whatever it is, you can just tell he's a student of the game. He really knows what he's doing. And then he comes out and runs a 4-4. He's a good athlete. Like he checks every single box you're looking for. And I just think his route running combined with his ability to get off the line of scrimmage, despite being a little bit shorter, he's a guy that a lot of fans need to learn his name going forward because he's he's one of the most fun wide receivers in this class, especially when you consider how new he is to the position. Yeah, I, I like Sky a lot. I, I have the opportunity to uh, to kind of I have got a buddy who kicks up there at at, at Western Michigan, um, so I, I had the opportunity to talk to him, who has had a firsthand experience with Sky Moore. He's 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 buddies with him. They share lockers. They're they're right across the way from each other, and he says that he's one of uh, the nicest guys out there. I know that that doesn't look like, obviously go into a lot of 
fans thinking. But to have a good guy on the team is is great. He's he's very kind. He's very soft spoken from what from what I've heard. But when you look at his RAS score, I looked it up. It's unofficial, obviously, right now. But his he has elite speed with a with a four three nine unofficial forty time. Um, that's good. Um, I don't. I that's that's a fun and. and you mentioned Maddie how he is a little bit smaller. His his it does me- measure on the poor side uh, of his of his size for so five foot nine and one hundred ninety five pounds. But he's got a good explosion with a with a, with a good vertical and a good broad jump. So uh, with a guy like that, man, he he is fun to watch too. I keep that's my word. I guess these guys are these are good and and it shows on tape. Uh, what I think when you see him and, and just think what he could do in an Andy Reid offense. That's kind of what I start to think about when I see guys like this who are really fast, who are kind of small, shifty. Like, man, imagine the things that Andy Reid can do with this guy. And that's kind of what, what my mind starts to go to with Sky Moore. Yeah, the beauty is if he just gets a little separation, we have a quarterback that you don't have to worry about any of it anymore. It's like if you have a receiver get separation, <laughs> yep. he's going to get some passes thrown his way. And Maddie, I like your point in talking about like the slant because that's what I saw when I saw the video of his pro day. You could watch him run two slants and you're just like, okay, <laughs> like, yeah, not saying that that's everything, but like he's got the requisite athleticism, the the nuance to setting up the route to get to the top of the route and set up the DB in different ways. Uh, it's a great point, and it'll be interesting to see where a guy like Sky Moore and and another player that is not on this list, but Christian Watson, uh, another small school guy that seems to have similar skill sets. Matty, is that fair? I know you really get into this, but are they similar type players? Uh, Christian Watson's a lot bigger. I, I think he's okay. a true like six foot three, over two hundred pound kind of guy. But oh, in, okay. in terms of the in terms of the movement, though, like that's the funny part about Watson is he's a bigger guy, but I think he's more fluid than he is strong. So like, yeah, I would say he's a little bit more of a deep threat than Sky Moore. Sky Moore is just a fast, quick possession guy and i think that kind of meshes pretty well with you look at what the chiefs have done with marcus valdez scantling and then now you're looking for another guy that maybe can run similar routes but now you put a guy that runs all the underneath stuff with the same level of dynamic ability that's why the fit makes a ton of sense for me and then he can play inside and outside just gives you so much versatility So like i think andy reed would love a guy like that he can do again not saying he's the same player but you can use him in some of the same ways you did tyree kill without necessarily being the same level of deep threat, but a lot of the underneath stuff, he could do that very well. Yeah. And some of it, we talk about receivers and Andy Reid offense, and I, I know I've talked about it. And you guys talk about it, just that they don't always have routes. They have concepts and there's so much mentally that's put on these guys that you come from a small school and not to make huge generalizations. Cause some of the small school, these are phenomenal coaches. You just don't know the offensive schemes that they've been taught and how much mentally are they having to think when they go out on the field? Because not only are you changing the level of competition and the level of athlete that you're going up against that in fairness, like not saying they can't do it, they just haven't. So that's a question that you have to feel comfortable answering. And then the same, thing is what offensive scheme have they been running how much do they understand the game based on are they seeing the same kind of defenses that Jamison Williams was seeing in the SEC are they getting that level of creativity that they're going up against to have to adjust to based on whatever offense they're running and so those are the questions does that change the immediate impact and does that change whether or not they would draft a player that early if they feel like he needs an extra year to be ready mentally to understand this offense on the front Chris Conley saying it could take me three years and Chris Conley was very mental acuity like he knew all of this stuff he goes it's gonna take me three years to figure this offense out at the level where I don't have to think about it and that was a guy coming from a, pl- a program like Georgia so Something to keep in mind, we're talking about some of these small school guys, not of whether they can fit athletically, but just how much were they put on mentally to be ready to step in and make an impact 
the way that they would want to for using that high of a resource. But Bucky Brooks, 29, Western Michigan, Sky Moore. And then at 30, another familiar name. The third time we've heard it, he has Michigan's defensive back, uh, Dax Hill, as the pick at number 30. And we, we've talked about him. So now I want to set you up, Maddie. Of the five mocks that we've gone through, Again, I'll run through them real quick. Cynthia Freeland, NFL Network, had Dax Hill and Kyir Elam. Sports Illustrated had Jamison Williams with a trade-up and Dax Hill. ESPN had former NFL GM Mike Tannebaum had uh, Jamison Williams at 29. And at 30, he had Arnold Ebichetti, who had nine and a half sacks last year after transferring from Temple. CBS Sports had Jamison Williams and Boya Mafe. NFL Network's Bucky Brooks had Sky Moore and Dax Hill. Maddie, I'll start with you. Which of those five would you be the most happy with that Thursday night of the draft if that's who the Chiefs walked away with? As of right now, uh, looking at the Chiefs roster, I, it has to be one of the two that have a defensive end. I don't see how you can get out of round one without a defensive end. Looking at the Chiefs team, um, I'm going to go with Boy Mafe. And so that means a CBS mock draft, Jamison Williams and Boy Mafe, just because I think he's a little bit closer to what Steve Spagnuolo likes out of the defensive ends. He has the size, almost has the length, but has the height. The way he's, you know, his arm length, depending on which measurement you use, fits what Steve Spagnuolo likes. I think he has a little bit more upside as well. So I'll lean that direction right now. But as you said, if they make a veteran signing, I think that kind of opens up to some of the other mock drafts where you might try to not have to force that edge into the first round. Yeah, this is bad for content, but I was going to say the exact same thing, Maddie. Um, I think that that's kind of the no-brainer at this point is to get a guy like Boy Mafe who can come in and play um, and get a guy like Jamison Williams at 29. Like The the value of that mixed with an edge, um, my first thought process was, okay, it's one of the ones with Jamison Williams in it, obviously. like That guy is a stud. I want to see that happen. Then it's like, okay, you basically get to choose between Mafe or Abiketti. So uh, I'm going to pick Mafe in that situation. Um but hey, I think that that the Chiefs would be good with with any of these mock drafts. When you start to think about it, I I personally like Cynthia Freeland's idea of going two defensive backs. I know that might not be likely to happen, but is it a good idea? Yes, it is a good idea. I like that. I like Kyir Elam. I like Dax Hill. Names that show up a lot in Chiefs mock drafts. But um, I'd have to go with with the Mafe and, and Williams combo. Uh, it was a no-brainer for me with that one, but we're playing just for the sake of content, uh, <laughs> not to be, uh, you know, contrarian here. But going back to my point of, I would be surprised if the Chiefs don't bring in some sort of pass rush help, whether it's a Trey Flowers. We talk about how much help some of these guys are, Maddie. I know you're gonna your head's gonna pop off, but whether it's a Trey Flowers <laughs> or even like a Jadavion Clowney, somebody that we've heard of that's had success getting after the passer, that it might not be the edge in the way that we're thinking, but somebody defensively up front who can get after the passer. If they make a move like that, I would go with like a Cynthia Freeland. You just fix the defensive backfield. You've got Justin Reed and you get those two guys. You talked about Kyir Elam being up in somebody's face and just taking care of again two high value positions with talented guys that are coming from big programs that played in big games with Michigan and Florida stuff matters. If you're picking at the top of the round for a team that's going to be in the playoffs, you don't want to put a rookie in a position where he's playing in a playoff game. And these guys freak out because it is a whole different ball game and it, I will never forget, and I, I love him as a player, but I remember talking to Marcus Kemp before the playoff game. I was like, how are you doing? He's like, holy shit. <laughs> like, he was, it was such a big moment for him that you can't discount the fact that a player coming from a small school is coming into a team that is trying, that is 
if it's, they don't win the Super Bowl, it's considered a disappointment. They are going to be in big time games and big time situations. So for that point and the fact that I do think they're going to do something up front, I have no reason to believe that, not teasing anything, but I just, from a roster composition, I'd be surprised if they were pigeonholed themselves the way it feels like they are right now when it turns, when it comes to getting after the passer uh, to not do that. So I'd go with Cynthia Freeland getting Dax Hill and Kyrie Elam and just kind of take care of that. And plus it gets us off the narrative of they don't invest uh, resources into the defensive backfield. <laughs> I, I like that narrative now. It's fun. It makes the draft season more fun and easy when I can just assume they're not picking a corner until day three. It just, yep. And free agency, <laughs> my expectations can be lowered. Anybody pricing over three and a half million dollars isn't on the radar. <laughs> like it makes it a lot, more, a lot easier in the offseason. BJ, this is fun. Sure. We're having a there good time. Go. We're smiling. All right. Now, before we go, I know this is a draft show, but Maddie, I want to give you the opportunity because I just made the point about edge rushers and other defensive guys who are out and available. If the Chiefs were going to make a move over the next, say, 20 days uh, leading into this draft and bring in somebody that can help the pass rush, not necessarily have to be an edge rusher, we're talking about Clowney. Um, who are those guys available and who do you think would be most likely that fits Spags, who is available that isn't going to command this ridiculous price tag? Yeah, that, that's kind of hard. You've definitely lost a lot of guys that are out there. So like, you have some veterans. You mentioned Clowney. I think he's going to be a little pricey, though. I think even Cleveland's no. trying to pay him enough money to come back that I don't know if the Chiefs want to jump on board with that. Trey Flowers has had difficulty staying healthy, but he could come in and give you a similar player to Frank Clark, which I know fans won't love, but a guy that's good versus the run. He's going to give you a lot of effort when he's out there. It's just the pass rush juice may not be what it once was. My personal favorite guy is Rasheem Green. Uh, he played with Seattle last year. He's a perfect Steve Spagnuolo guy. He came out of USC four years ago, mm. very raw. Seattle with one of their patented surprise draft picks in the top 50, take him early on, and it didn't really pan out until this past year. Six and a half sacks, coming off his best season. He's still a free agent. I kind of had him right there with Arden Key in terms of a little inside, a little outside versatility. You saw Arden Key visited the Chiefs, went to sign with the Jaguars. So Rasheem Green's just the name that I kind of have circled right now because he fits what spags likes to a t at the position and when you see and talk, i'm gonna jump in here and talk will give you a chance but when you saw the contract this is the way that i think i know a lot of fans and in, in yourself when like arden key signed it was like i if i were the chiefs i would have done that and we could sit and look at the roster and say they could do this the fact that they didn't overpay what they set on they don't there isn't that desperation like oh we got to get this guy paid i actually kind of like the fact that they didn't which makes me think there's something else here that it may take a couple of weeks to play out, but that kind of stuff happens. It's like, they know that they need to fix this. We know that they are looking because they brought him in for a visit. The fact that they weren't willing to just pay whatever means they're not quite at that point where it's like, this is the last guy. So maybe it's a green, maybe it's a trade for a guy that we haven't even talked about yet. They're going to stuff comes out of nowhere and you never know where it's coming. But um, that's my way of kind of maybe just convincing myself that it's okay <laughs> when this stuff is happening. But again, we have never seen the chiefs, um, at any and probably any team at some level that's picking as late as the Chiefs are going to the draft, having a hole like we've got to, you know, fix this hole and this guy has to be a day one starter for us, or we're in trouble. I just I don't think the Chiefs are going to put themselves in that position the way that we sit here on April first. Tucker, what do you think as far as the the edge rushers and free agents who are available? 
Yeah, th- I think it's interesting when you start talking about uh, all of the uh, prerequisite requirements that it takes, right? It's like online shopping and clicking the filters, and then all of a sudden it's like no results. And you're like, oh, all right, well, nothing shows up sometimes. Um, and so it makes me kind of wonder, do they really like somebody in the draft? They've got draft capital. They could move up and get an edge rusher. Um, and if they, they really could package those two first-round picks, if they really want to make some noise and get up and get one of those really high-name guys who's an edge rusher, and Steve Spagnuolo might really like one of them those guys up there too so that's one thing where they could bring in a stefan gilmore or they could make a trade for a for a stephen bradbury and try to get out of some of those later round picks for with a bradbury to fill that hole and fix the other hole when it comes to the to the edge with the draft capital trading up and trying to get one of those guys in the draft i think that they they obviously have a plan they know what they're doing i know sometimes i I see people on twitter all the time is brett beach asleep what is he doing here he knows what he's doing he hasn't slept obviously did you see that picture of him um and (laughs) i think think that uh, that's one thing that I've been thinking about is like, hey, maybe they do like somebody in this draft a whole lot. They really think that they can invest in. Who would it be? I don't know. But then maybe that is somebody that they that they like and want to want to invest in edgewise. If he's not a sleep talk, how do you explain him skipping the GM picture at the owners meetings? That's a good point. (laughs) You got me back into a corner there. He's working. (laughs) He's he's busy. Well, I you know, just screw around. Like, what would it take for Miles Garrett? Like, go get Chase Young. You know, Dan Snyder's got enough going on right now. Like, that's like there's a there's a reason Arden Key went to Jacksonville on an incentive-laden contract. Call about Josh Allen. See what see what they need for Josh Allen now. They're gonna draft. They're gonna draft uh, Aiden Hutchinson, pick one. Mm-hmm. They just signed another defensive end who's clearly not as good as Josh Allen. But see what they want for Josh Allen. Well, they they took Chase in too, didn't they? They have like, Caleb, got, yeah, they have Chase on too. They've got a few guys. Mm-hmm. Chase, pick on. up a phone. No, listen, I mean, uh, the commander's called the Chiefs asking about Patrick Mahomes. So I don't think it's that wild of a proposition to be out here calling for pass rushers and seeing, hey, what, what will it take? Because they Just, call for Patrick Mahomes. Out of spite, he's like, you call about Patrick Mahomes? All right, we'll take Chase Young. <laughs> like, just put that out there. Be like, Chiefs calling commanders about Chase Young. You're going to rile up our fan base. We're going to rile up your fan base. Right, right. That's how this works. Well, everybody, we appreciate you for listening to this episode of Mock Draft Roundup, uh, presented by the Kingdom Bar and Grill. And once again, if you are a Chiefs fan in the Kansas City area or you're not afraid to make a little drive, uh, come hang out with us at the Kingdom Bar in Overland Park during the three days of the draft. We will be going live the entire window of the draft while it's open on thursday friday and saturday we will have food specials from the kingdom bar we will have drink specials thanks to our friends at 360 vodka we will have giveaways we'll be it'll be a lot of cool stuff going on so if you're a chiefs fan and you're looking for a place to surround yourself with other chiefs fans and participate in some intelligent discussions about the team come hang out with us it's going to be a great time but for matt lane for tucker franklin and bj kissel we appreciate all of you for listening and we will see you all next time